Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello, good afternoon and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, And on this episode, we're going to be looking ahead to Arsenal's uh, UEFA Cup. UEFA Cup, I still call it that, Europa League clash with uh, Benfica, which is scheduled to take place in Rome tomorrow evening. I was supposed to be joined uh, by Tom Cunder of the uh, World Soccer magazine, and of Portugal.net. Um, we confirmed it all yesterday. We sorted out the times, um, but I've had no response back from him, having sent him the link. Uh, so I don't know what's going on there. There could be a, a genuinely good reason as to why um, Josh is unavailable. Uh, Josh, Tom uh, is unavailable, but um, we're going to crack on anyway, because I've been doing some research of my own on our upcoming opponents, Benfica, and hopefully we can get Tom back on at some point between now and when the game uh, goes ahead. But for now, you're going to have to put up with me and we're going to look ahead to Benfica uh, in great detail. This episode is going to be focused very much around our opponents. And of course, later on today, we'll bring you another stream where I will pick my Arsenal 11 and share with you guys my prediction. Big hello to everybody joining us in the live chat. Hope you're all well. Make sure you smash the like button if you haven't done so already. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new. And don't forget that this podcast is currently sponsored by Manscaped. So if you're looking uh, to improve on your male grooming, then head over to manscaped.com. Enter our discount code, which is 90min20, 90min20, and you will get 20% off as well as free shipping on your order. Also, if you want to become a member of the channel, if you want to help and support me to bring you guys more content and hopefully of a higher quality, then click on the link in the description. Check out the three tiers available and we would love to have you on board. Right, without further ado, let's get into it. Let's have a little bit of a chat about Benfica and where they are at present and the season that they're having so far, because there's a lot of talk going around that this Benfica side are not uh, as strong as Benfica sides in years gone by. Um, there's been plenty of talk about this being a good time to play them. I still think this is a really, really dangerous tie because this is a team that clearly have talent within their ranks. The fact that we're playing um in Rome in the first leg, obviously is a disadvantage to Benfica who, who don't get to play at their home stadium. But equally, we're at a disadvantage in the second leg when we have to travel some 700 miles more to get to our home leg than we do for the away one, which is absolutely crazy when you think about it. It's crazy that away goals are still um, being counted in this as well. So there's lots and lots that you can get into around this. And that's some of the reasons I think that this is a really unpredictable tie. Now, as far as it goes for Benfica so far this season, they find themselves fourth in the Portuguese Liga Nosh. So they're not at, at their best. They're not as strong as they once were. And they're a massive 13 points off 
of their big rivals, Sporting Lisbon. So uh, Benfica not having a great time of it at the moment, but it is worth remembering that although they're going for a bit of a blip, they are still the most successful club in Portuguese football history. Huge football club. They've produced so many great talents over the years. Um, if I'm not mistaken, David Luiz uh, was once of Benfica as well. So one of our very own um, who uh, spent some time there as well. Massive, massive football club uh, with great support. And obviously it's a shame that we don't get to go to Lisbon and experience that. And it's a shame that they don't get to come to the Emirates um, and experience what will no doubt be a less intimidating atmosphere. <laughs> so um, how's their season gone so far? It's been up and down. Um, it, it, more downs than ups. And I wanted to have a look at the Benfica squad and try and make sense of, of who the players are that we need to watch out for, the players that we should be concerned and worried about. Um, and what I did was went through the squad and, and picked up some stats. So in terms of their top goal scorers, the people that carry the biggest goal threat, you're talking about Harris Seferovic, of course, a uh, Swiss forward. He's played 29 games for Benfica this season and he scored 12 goals as has Darwin Nunez, the Uruguayan, um, 21 years old, Nunez, um, enjoying a, a very good season as well. He's played 30 times and has managed 12 goals. Uh, the Portuguese attacking midfielder, Pizzi, is someone that we should be looking out for as well. He's chipped in with 11. And Luca Waldschmidt, uh, the German, has also pitched in with eight. So the, the thing with this Benfica side is you're looking at that and, and you look at the Arsenal side, you know, and you've got a couple of players who, are clearly head and shoulders above everyone else in terms of their goal um, threat and what they bring to the table. When you're looking at Benfica, the interesting thing is, is that the goals are spread throughout the side. Um, you're talking about one, two, three, four, five players uh, who have all scored more than six goals uh, for Benfica this season. So they carry plenty of threat in different areas. And what I did was I had a look at their side um, that's played in the last couple of Liga Nosh games to try and get an understanding of the system that they play to try and figure out maybe how they're going to sit up in this one. And it is a really interesting system, actually, because it looks as though it's a 4-4-2, but it's almost a 4-4-2 with um, what, what they're calling a double six. So what that means is you've got a 4-4-2, but the two central midfield players are very much deep lying midfield players. They won't get forward a great deal. That's what they do. They sit in that space in front of the back four. And what that does is it allows the two wide players to push right up the pitch and get up in support of the two strikers. Now they do play with a traditional front two. So that's something Arsenal need to be aware of. And, um, you know, you could argue that perhaps Arsenal would be better served switching to the back three because of that. But that's not going to happen. Um, you know, Mikel has found, I think, what he believes now is is the best formula. It's the way he wants to play. I don't think we should stray away from that. But what I will say is if those two wide players do have that extra license as a result of the two midfielders playing as a double six pairing, then you've got to you've got to be aware of that. And, and that should... Um, you know, be something that Arsenal have picked up and Arsenal will be looking at in terms of protecting our back line as best as possible. Now, some of the players in that squad that you'll probably recognise um, are a couple of ex-Premier League central defenders. Uh, Jan Vertonghen, of course, formerly of Spurs, um, is there. He plays at centre-back and as does uh, the Manchester former Manchester City man, Nicholas Otamendi. So that is Benfica's central defensive pairing, Vertonghen and Otamendi. 
not exactly watertight. You know, you look at those two players, um, especially Otamendi, and he's a player with mistakes in him. There's no question about that. Um, he's made plenty of errors during his time um, in the Premier League, hence why he is um, where he is. And then, you know, you've got Jan Vertonghen, who once was a very solid defender and, and arguably one of the best in the Premier League at a point, but has obviously reached the, the kind of twilight of his career and is now uh, playing his football in Benfica. So you do feel that looking at that defence, that that's, that's something we could get at. That's something, um, you know, we could look to expose maybe a lack of pace in, with those two. Can we get Aubameyang running in behind? Can we get Bukayo Saka running in behind? The manager, um, George Jesus, of course, is enjoying his second spell now at Benfica. Um, he obviously managed the club for around about six years in his first spell. Pretty successful, but then joined their fierce rivals, Sporting Lisbon. Following that, um, he went on to manage in Saudi Arabia with Al Hilal and then Flamengo in Brazil. Uh, but now he's back at Benfica and and he's a controversial character, is Jorge uh, Jesus. He's had many fallings out with the Benfica fans, with the Benfica hierarchy, hence why he has, um, you know, left and, and returned to the club. A very good tactician, I would say, um, based on sort of uh, experience of, of watching his teams in the past. He is someone who is um, very uh, tactically astute, somebody who will... Uh, no doubt, study Arsenal hard and try and work out where our weaknesses lie. Um, and I think he will be aware of, of our strengths as well. I think, as I keep saying, although the, the tie is being played in a neutral venue, the fact that this is Benfica's home tie, I think they'll be uh, very cautious. I think they'll be very, very careful. I, I really, really do. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. And joining me, here he is. Tom, how you doing, mate? Hi there. Very uh, apologies for my late arrival. Nice. I was just doing an online lesson with my son and completely uh, lost track of time. No problem at all, mate. Welcome to the stream. Delighted to have you on. Um, okay. I've been talking a little bit about Benfica. I've been sort of trying to um, share with the guys my thoughts on this Benfica side, but perfect that you're here because you are the expert. Um, tell us a little bit about Benfica's season so far because there's a lot of noise sort of coming in our direction that suggests that maybe this Benfica side are not as strong as they once were. Why do you think that is and, and how's their campaign gone so far? Yeah, well, that's a bit of an understatement, to be <laughs> perfectly honest. They've had a pretty much disastrous season, it has to be said, uh, especially because of the expectations ahead of the season. Uh, you know, Benfica spent 100 million euros this summer, which I think for, for any club, even for a, an English club, would be quite a sizable amount. For a Portuguese club, that's just an astronomical amount. That, uh, it's, it's never, that never has a team invested so much money as that. And so uh, also with Jorge Jesus, the coach returning, who had a very successful spell at Benfica, uh, about 10 years ago. He was there for six years, won three championships, won no end of trophies, got to two European finals. Uh, you can imagine the uh, you know expectations were really very high at the start of the season. And uh, it's really all gone a bit pear-shaped uh, quite quickly. They, they started off the season, they had a big disappointment getting knocked out of the Champions League in the qualifiers, uh, then uh, did reasonably well at the start of the league season. Then uh, it's just really the last two months, I have to say, eight weeks. Uh, they've really had a, a, a terrible time. You know, they've got uh, 
eight points from their last, uh, sorry, 11 points from their last eight matches. You know, that's 11 points from 24 possible in the league. So they're way behind the leader sporting, 13 points behind them. So, you know, league's pretty much out of the question now. So I suppose the only thing for Arsenal, uh, you know, in Arsenal's, from the Arsenal perspective, is that I expect now Benfica to really try and rescue their season through the Europa League. So they'll be really putting all their eggs in this basket, I think. And uh, But, you know, having said that, they're really going to have to turn around their form if, they're, if they've got a chance against Arsenal. For sure. And I was talking a little bit about their playing style and the fact that they kind of play with this 4-4-2 with a very uh, deep-lying midfield pair in the centre. Is, is, that, is that right? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, George Jesus is always has the 4-4-2. That's his kind of go-to uh formation usually two wide uh you know wingers which you know on, on their day when when things are going well it almost transforms into a, a four two four uh but uh this uh you know this has caused a lot of problems this season and uh especially recently and perhaps one of the reasons for these problems is the two deep line midfielders which are always key players in George's Usher's teams. Uh one of them is a uh, uh, a name which you undoubtedly know, uh, Adel Terapt, uh, who's come back into the Benfica side uh, the last couple of years after a very poor start. He's actually been quite good, but under Jesus, he's, he is playing quite deep. And that's a, a role which perhaps doesn't suit him so so much. And as you probably know, he's, he's a bit of a flair player, really. Very good going forward, very creative, but he has been a little bit of a liability uh, you know, when he's playing a bit deeper because he tends to give the ball away quite carelessly, quite a lot. And Benfica have been caught out uh, maybe three or four goals, I think, in the, in the last couple of months have been almost directly attributable to to him, you know, and his, his carelessness. So possible weakness there for Arsenal to focus on. I don't know how much of Arsenal you watch, Tom, but would you would you make Arsenal favourites in this tie going into it? <laughs> Yeah, it's a good question, isn't it? Because uh, I've actually uh, watched a, a bit more EPL than usual this season. And when this draw was made, I think Benfica fans were uh, you know, very optimistic. I'd say very happy about it because at that time they, they, they weren't you know, in such poor form as they are now. And conversely, Arsenal were going through a, a very sticky patch at that, at that time. So Benfica fans looked at this and thought, well, this is kind of the best of both worlds. But both worlds, we've got a you know a, a kind of prestigious tie, a high-profile tie. I think it's probably the the tie of the round, really. And if you look at the you know the, the history of the clubs and the size mm-hmm. of the clubs involved, uh, but uh, but since then, uh, I think uh, you know Arsenal kind of turned it round. I know they're a little bit up and down as well, but I think they have improved lately, and uh, they do seem to be a bit more settled. Uh, whereas Benfica have really gone the opposite way, and they look. You know, very shaky at the moment. So, uh, I think when the when the draw was made, I would have made it fifty fifty. Uh, at at this point of time, I'd have to say I'd make Arsenal uh, maybe not strong, but I'd put them definitely as the favourites. Brilliant, it bodes well for us. <laughs> um, what do you make of this whole you know playing playing the games on neutral grounds and the fact that the away goals rule was still in there? It just seems nonsensical to me. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? It's a, it's a bit of a shame as well because if you know, there's quite a lot of talk about this, isn't there? How the away goals rules, uh, the away goals rule tends to, in, in some people's eyes, tends to kind of ruin the games because 
one side is just so cautious you know the side playing home first uh is so cautious because they're so afraid of letting in goals and so it, this is this would have been a good opportunity to just say oh let's scrap that rule and uh you know let's see what happens and it, <laughs> it probably would have been a very different game i suppose uh as it is with that rule still in place you know the the side which is notionally at home first so it's uh it's actually it's arsenal isn't it no it's uh Benfica, Benfica who, are, yeah. who are actually at home, although they're not at home, yeah. Uh, so that would, uh, you know, well, I suppose th they would take a, a bit more of a cautious approach because, you know, obviously if they concede goals, it would be more costly than uh, than if it was the the away leg. So yeah, it's a bit, it makes it a bit confusing, doesn't it? But I think it's just a bit of a shame, a bit of a lost opportunity by UEFA. It would have been much more interesting to just scrap that rule and have two, uh, you know, two ties. I suppose Arsenal have the slight advantage because if it goes to, um, you know, if it goes to the second leg and it's uh, it's all level and if it goes to extra time, then of course they'll have the the advantage, won't they, as the home side in the... Oh, no, 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 of course, no, I've got that the wrong way around. You see, this is getting me yeah, <laughs> very Benfica confused. Would have yeah, Benfica would have the advantage. Yeah, yeah, in that right. So, uh, yeah, let's just see how it goes. I suppose the only thing about this rule, the away goals rule, is it It does tend to, uh, you know, kind of mitigate the, the opportunity for extra time, isn't it? Because it has to be the exact same score in both games. So, yeah, uh, yeah let's, see what, let's see what happens. Just focusing on on the Benfica manager a little bit, because he's a character I find really, really interesting. He left Benfica to join their fiercest rival, Sporting Lisbon. I can imagine that didn't go down too well um, in Benfica. What was the reason for that? Why did he jump ship and join? It? I mean, that's like Mikel Arteta joining Tottenham Hotspur. It just wouldn't go down well at all here. Why? Why did that happen? Yeah. That's a good question. Okay, how long have you got, Harry? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a good question. It was absolutely sensational, and you're absolutely right. It's uh, it's incredible. It's just like, you know, imagine, uh, well, it's like you say, you know, Tottenham or Arsenal or Man United and Liverpool. It's just like, imagine a manager building a real reputation and becoming a bit of a hero at one of those clubs and then jumping shit for the other. So it was incredible. That, that summer of 2015, uh, I remember it well. It's just, uh, you know, it made for so much talk and so much uh, column inches and so much tv shows and radio shows it was an absolutely sensational move uh why did it happen uh well basically george uh, george is is this brilliant charismatic manager but he's got one flaw and his flaw is he tends to uh, overlook uh, young players young academy players and uh, he, he first going for much more experienced players. He's especially well known for, he has a kind of affinity with uh, South American players. And there's a lot of South American, Brazilian players, of course, always in the Portuguese league. And he tends yeah. to give them priority over uh, homegrown talents. Now Benfica, uh, a long time ago now, maybe 10, 15 years ago, they started investing a lot of money into their academy. And uh, as you can see that, has actually had quite spectacular results in terms of the players they've produced. You know, players like Bernardo Silva, uh, Joao Felix, uh, Ruben Diaz, of course, doing so well in England now. Uh, um, Renato Sanchez, you know, you can just, a whole long list of players who have yeah. just gone on to become almost world stars. But unfortunately for Benfica, they've become world stars at other clubs and not at Benfica. And so, uh, Jesus, uh, the, the official reason was the, 
the president was stalling on giving him a new contract when his contract came to the end and the uh, sporting came in and kind of nabbed him but the the, the the real reason I think most people think uh, is that Benfica wanted to change direction and they wanted to, you know, give more opportunity to their youth players. And they realised that with George Jesus, that wasn't likely to happen. And to be fair, the next two managers they brought in really did, uh, you know, function a lot and uh, give a lot of chance to their youth players. And they had, you know, you had six, seven, maybe uh, of their academy products in their side for the next couple of years, two or three years. And they actually did quite well in that time. You know, won two, three, no, they won three league championships in in four years. Uh, so so they did well. Uh, all went wrong again uh, a year ago. They had a disastrous season. And to everyone's surprise, uh, the, the president, uh, Luis Felipe Vieira, went and got George Jesus again. So that's mm -hmm. kind of done a 180 degree uh, turn in terms of their kind of long-term policy. And uh, they've kind of knocked the academy idea on the head again. And actually this has again been very controversial in Portugal because two or three weeks ago, they played a league match, not a single Portuguese player in the round, in the, uh, you know, in the side, not, uh, not a single academy uh, player. Sometimes there's, uh, you know, a few of these academy players aren't Portuguese, but there wasn't one single player from the academy in the Benfica side. So, wow. uh, to make a, a long story short, that's uh, it's basically it's been all linked up with how the academy is used, and uh, you know that's why George Jesus uh, has been. Uh, that's why I decided to get rid of him, and then they decided to bring him back. Interesting stuff. Uh, don't forget, guys, if you're watching us live at the moment, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Uh, make sure you give Tom a follow on Twitter as well. Uh, Tom, am I right in saying it's at Portugal one? Yep, right? absolutely correct. P-O-R-T-U-G-O-L, uh, -T then the number one. Brilliant stuff. Check that out. Check out his website as well. Is it Portugal.net? That's right. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And, and what do you do, Tom, just so the, the listeners can hopefully some of them can go over there and check it out? Is it do you cover all Portuguese football? Yeah, all Portuguese football in the English language. So that's uh, all the domestic, uh, you know, domestic football, uh, the Portuguese clubs in club competitions. That's also a big part of the site. And then, of course, uh, the national team and uh and portuguese and also what's becoming an increasingly huge part of the site is uh portuguese players playing abroad and of course uh none more so than in the english premier league it's uh <laughs> it's really amazing the success they're having there so we cover all of that as well brilliant stuff um tom in terms of players that arsenal should be watching out for yeah who are who are the standout talents in that benfica side that we should be wary of yeah. Okay. Well, there's a couple of, uh, like I said, they spent a lot of money in the summer and two players especially uh, really haven't lived up to their, to their billing and to the, to their transfer fees. But having said that, they are really talented players uh, and they are the, the forward, the young Uruguayan forward uh, called Darwin Nunez, who was bought for, I think, about 25 million euros, which again is, you know, a huge, I think it's actually the record transfer for a Portuguese club. And uh, he came in and he originally, there was a lot of talk that Benfica were after Cavani uh, and he, uh, also Uruguayan, of course, that fell through and they got uh, Darwin Nunez. And I remember the first few weeks of the season, people were saying, well, it's, it's, it's a good piece of business by Benfica because, 
you know, Cavani, everyone knows what a brilliant player he is, brilliant career he's, he's had. But, you know, we're looking at, you know, one year, two years maybe left, haven't we, uh, with him at the top. Whereas this Darwin Nunez, the way he started the season, he looked like a, a really good investment for by Benfica. He was scoring goals. Uh, he was really strong, powerful forward, full of energy, uh, really big, bustling forward, good skill as well, a good touch. Uh, but unfortunately for uh, for him and for Benfica, this really bad run of form has affected him uh, badly. He's not getting much service, it has to be said, but even he, his confidence seems to have drained. You know, I suppose young players, you, you see them going up and down, don't you? And he's he really seems to be going through a bit of a tough patch at the moment. And uh, so... Uh, you know, he's, he's, his confidence isn't sky high, but there's no doubt about it. He is a dangerous customer. And if he, you know, if he hits form, if he has a good day, he could cause problems to, to Arsenal. Uh, another interesting, player. Interesting yeah. on him. Sorry, just interesting yeah. on him. I picked him out as someone that we should look at because of just based on purely on his goal return. But admittedly, that's all it was based on. Uh, yeah. But it's interesting to think that this guy has got, what, 12 goals this season and he's still not still not at the the level that was expected yeah because i think most of those goals uh i think maybe eight of them or nine of them he probably scored in the first couple of months to especially the group stage of the europa league yeah he had i uh, maybe scored a hat trick in one of the first games i think he scored a couple in in one of the next games so yeah he's uh you know he started off like a like a house on fire and he really does you know he, he has the tools to be a, a very very good striker i think but it's still very raw uh, another another player I think you should look out for is the other one of their uh, of Benfica's big transfers this summer, which was Everton Cebolinha, a Brazilian right-sided midfielder, kind of winger, also drifts into the middle quite a lot. And he uh, again, he's been a big disappointment in terms of expectations because we're talking about a full Brazil international here who's played a few times for Brazil and I think he's done quite well for them as well. And so it was a bit of a coup for Benfica actually getting him in the first place. But he he really hasn't lived up to expectations. One or two flashes, though, you know, when it comes off a uh, couple of couple of weeks ago in a Portuguese cup game against, uh, I think it's a Portuguese cup game, yeah, against, or oh, I can't remember if it's a league game now, but he just did this absolutely brilliant one, just run, just waltzed through about seven or eight players just dribble past them all and then roll the ball across actually for for Nunes for da, uh, Darwin Nunes to, to stick it in the net so he you know he has got the ability to do something special unfortunately for Benfica fans that's been kind of you know just a flash in the pan very very few and far between his moments of excellence so he's one also which uh, you know ben, uh, Arsenal will really have to keep an eye on him but uh Luckily for Arsenal, he doesn't really seem to be on top form at the moment. And then I think I'll just pick out one more player, which would be yeah. a Portuguese player, actually, Rafa uh, Silva, a winger. And he's, a, he's an interesting player, Rafa Silva, because for years here in Portugal, we've been thinking, you know, this guy can really kind of, you know, become a top player, become one of these uh, generation of Portuguese players who are really making waves all over Europe. But... Uh, he just really hasn't got the end product, but he's, he's such an exciting player to watch because he's so far, he's quite small, he's uh, quite live, but he's so fast, really skillful and absolutely brilliant dribbler. He's terrifying for, for defenders when he's, he, 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 you know, he dribbles at such speed, but uh, he gets himself into so many good positions uh, and then he just 
messes it up 90% of the time. Uh, really, really, really poor end product. You know, if he if he scored uh, if half the uh, chances he creates for himself, and if he you know uh, provided a proper assist for half the uh, chances which he which he again puts himself into the positions he puts himself into he'd just be a phenomenal player but uh, the, the, the thing about him though is that occasionally it just clicks you know and he could score a hat trick or he could he could create two goals out of nothing so uh, he's, he, he is a, a very dangerous customer uh, uh, Rafa Silva that's one to keep an eye on and then of course there's the the, the probably the only positive thing about Benfica the last last couple of months or so has been their centre-back partnership. Uh, two names you'll know very well, uh, Vertonghen and Otamendi. You know, a bit of a, an old people's home there in, in the heart of Benfica's <laughs> defence. But uh, to be fair, they've been they've been very good. They've been really. Very I, good. Yeah, I picked yeah. them out as someone we could hopefully expose because yeah, <laughs> just based on their Premier League sort of form towards the back end of their careers here, they they both looked a little bit over the hill. Well, if you if you'd asked me that question two or three, uh, or if you'd said that two or three months ago, I would have uh, you know I would have uh, backed that up hundred percent because they, especially Otamendi, had a very very uh, shaky start when he came to to Benfica. But to be fair, they've really formed a, a good understanding together, and they've kind of rolled back the years, and they've looked they've looked pretty solid. Uh, like I said, probably the only. Uh, slightly positive aspect of Benfica's play in the last couple of months has been, you know, that that partnership. They really do, do seem to have, uh, you know, clicked together. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it'd be easy for, for Arsenal. It's a bit of a shame, of course, just talking about centre-backs, it's a bit of a shame that, uh, you know, the, the fact that Arsenal won't be coming here and Benfica fans won't have the chance to to see them because uh, David Luiz, of course, huge favourite huge favourite among Benfica fans, uh, a real kind of almost a cult hero here. And, uh, you know, he always makes a point of saying nice things about Benfica as well uh, since he's left, you know, whether it's at Chelsea or or at Arsenal. And mentioned a few times that he'd like to come back here maybe to end his career. So it's a bit of a shame that we, uh, you know, won't get to see him in flesh. For sure. Uh, Tom, thank you so much, mate. Really, really great insight there. Um, I'm going to press you for a prediction. I know that a lot of people don't like giving them, but I'm going to press you into giving me one anyway. How do you see the first leg going at least? <laughs> okay, first leg. Yeah, well, I think, like I said, Benfica are really, I think they'll be going all out for this uh, this competition, trying to do, uh, you know, really trying to make a bit of a splash in it. But unfortunately, they've got a very big hurdle on their hands. Uh I've been really, I've been quite impressed with some of Arsenal's latest latest performances. Really, they, their young guys look really dangerous. You know, Saka and Smith Rowe. I've been really impressed by those two, especially. Uh, I think Ben. I think Arsenal will will come through because I just can't see Benfica stopping them scoring. I think uh, I'd go for Arsenal a, a two-one win. Uh, well, let's go for the whole tie. I'd go for the whole tie. I think Arsenal will come out probably by a couple of goals in the whole tie. I hope you're right, Tom. I hope you're right. Um, There's a big debate going on in the live chat at the moment, and I'm going to just quickly finally ask you on this one. Who's the bigger club, Arsenal or Benfica? Because there's Arsenal fans in this chat saying that Benfica are the bigger club. Yeah, well, (laughs) I'm biased, of course. So uh, in terms, uh, if you have a look at it, in terms of historical context of European football, I think you have to say Benfica. You know, I I think that's fair. They've won... 
the European Cup twice, you know, in this, uh, of course, it's going back a long way. Uh, but in the 60s and 70s, they got to the, they were arguably the best team in Europe in the 60s. They got to European Cup finals six times or seven times, you know, they were just phenomenal team. Uh, and in Portugal, they're just, uh, you know, there's there's really no comparison. They're the, they're the biggest team by far. Uh, of course, lately, uh, the way football's gone, uh, English clubs, uh, especially the English-Spanish clubs, uh, that the gap in wealth has just been so huge that it's diff- it's been very difficult for clubs outside, <laughs> you know, the top leagues to to compete with them. And uh, and Arsenal, you know, Arsenal or Arsenal, they're obviously a, a massive club again, massive historical club with uh, going back years. It's 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 a, it's a tough question actually. <laughs> it's a tough question to ask. Uh, I would just say they're two of the biggest clubs in Europe. You know, they're two great clubs with great history, and uh, it's good that they're playing against each other. I'm going to sit on the fence on that one. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. Uh, Tom, thank you so much, mate. Really, really appreciate you coming on. Um, Thank you for for jumping on. Really, really appreciate it. Um, How can people just give us a reminder how people can follow you, how they can keep up to date with your content? Um, We've got a few comments in the chat today. Uh, I'll just share one of them with you. Um, MN says, Harry, I already follow Tom's content. Tom, thank you. Keep up the great work. Uh, So Ah. you've really got some fans in here, Tom. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Just remind everybody how they can how they can check out your content and keep up to date with it. Okay, well, thank you very much. Uh, also, apologies for my late arrival, but uh, better late than never, as they say. To yeah, to get in touch with me, it's really the easiest thing is just to uh, go to Twitter because all my content is then linked through my Twitter account. So that's it, really. It's uh, like we just mentioned before, Portugal One. So that's P O R T. U-G-O-A-L, then the number one at Portugal One. And uh, that will that's where you can find, uh, you know, all content about all Portuguese football and everything which is going on, uh, domestic, uh, international, Portuguese abroad. Uh, it's all there. Brilliant stuff. Make sure you head over and check out Tom's content. If you haven't already, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel. If you're new, if you're interested in becoming a member, click on the link in the description. And we'll be back very, very soon with more Arsenal related content. Until then, take care. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguda, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon.